Uh, Kevin Monroe, Kevin, of course, a great defensive back playing days in East Carolina. And you can hear his insights on the East Carolina Radio Network. Kevin, Art's getting ready for a Saturday game at Temple. And coming off a decisive loss at home to Cincinnati. Kind of bewildering the performance uh, on senior day for the Pirates. But got to credit uh, Clayton Tune, quarterback of the Cougars. Nathaniel Dell, outstanding receiver. And they uh, they had a big day at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And uh, unfortunately for the Pirates, they at times looked like the program that Mike Houston had taken over rather than the program they have become uh, in recent years. So share your thoughts, Kevin. Yeah, uh, Al, it was, a, it was a tough one to, to watch, tough one to broadcast. Um, just really surprised in the way the Pirates – uh, came out and played. This is, uh, you know, maybe if they were playing a an, an SEC opponent or something, you would expect uh, the game to go like that. But this is an opponent in the in the, in, in the Pirates' own conference um, that you know has lost games this year, that has given up twenty plus points to every team they've played this year. Uh, this was this was not Georgia or Clemson or Alabama or Tennessee. This was this was Houston, and and though they were picked in the top you know, 15, 20 in the preseason, they had not played like that. And, and, I, and I hear coach say they've, they've gotten better and they have, uh, and, and offensively, you know, Nathaniel Dell and, and, uh, and Clayton tomb were just, uh, were pretty outstanding. Uh, it kind of takes you back to the Shane Carden, you know, Justin Hardy days or, uh, Zay Jones days where there's one receiver that just takes over. You can't stop. And so you have to stop everything else. Um, and, you know, I would have been fine with the pirates losing, you know, 42 to 40, 42 to, to 28 or, or 35 or something like that. But it just seemed like offensively, they just never got it going. And, um, and that was, that was hard to watch. And and you're right. It was, it was one of those, you know, uh, games in the previous regime where uh, offense didn't do well, defense didn't do well. And, and the team just totally got blitzed. And uh, I thought we were kind of past those days. Uh, I'm going to chalk it up to, all the distractions that the team was talking about for senior day and, and, and this and that, and, and, and hope to see them bounce back for the next two with, with this temple game and then the bowl game, but certainly not something you want to see going forward in the program, because it really felt like it, it set us back a little bit. Yeah. I think everybody was a little bit mystified by that uh, outcome on Saturday. One thing that uh, Houston didn't shut down was Keaton Mitchell. And Keaton had uh, 128 yards rushing, I believed, and uh, he performed on the level that we've gotten accustomed to and uh, had a good enough game. East Carolina had an interception early after Houston had taken a 7 nothing lead. They had a, a 55-yard pass play to Josiah Hatfield and got down there uh, in scoring position and then failed on a fourth down. And uh, 0 for 4 on fourth downs, 3 for 14 on third downs. And when you are not converting possession downs, then the offense is obviously struggling. Yeah, it, it was odd. And, and and I'll just say that, you know, Keaton Mitchell is performing like the far and away the best player on the offense. And uh, I, I appreciate him showing up every game. He's been healthy. He's been dominant. Uh, and there was no difference this game. I, I've rarely seen a game where a team's rushing attack was working, was getting four yards a pop or more, and an offense struggle. Generally, when you're throwing the ball well, but you can't run it, the offense will bog down. 
But when you're able to run the ball, that that should open up so many things in the play action passing game, the rollout game, uh, just different things. It should it should open up to your offense. It didn't. And um, you know, I could I could think of a couple different times where they would run it on first down, run it on second down, and they'd have like third and two or third and three, which is what you want is third and third and short. And you know, they throw a, a fade route or you know some sort of deep ball, and 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 uh, and the and the drive would be over. That was a little bit odd, I thought. Um, just could never move the chains, as you mentioned, three for fourteen uh, and zero for four uh, on third and fourth downs. It just seemed like they could never get it going. And this was a defense that 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 there was yards out there to be gained on the ground and in the air. Give Houston credit, you know, they they made plays in the back end. Those fifty fifty balls that C.J. Johnson and Isaiah Winstead are generally coming down with, they were not coming down with in that game. So those DBs were making those plays. Uh, but it just seemed like they should have been able to move the ball a lot better than they did. Kevin, uh, we oftentimes draw on your experience as a player uh, in com- comparable situations to the current Pirates. But uh, 1999, I believe it was a 5-0 and start, a loss to Southern Miss. How did that team regroup and go forward? Well, you know, I, I think, uh, and, and I've, I've told this story before, you know, we, we had a player committee, uh, which was composed, comprised of uh, three or four seniors and a couple of juniors that, you know, were leaders on the team. And that Coach Logan kind of used us as the intermediary between him and the, and the team. So he would always kind of know what was on our minds uh, and we would know what was on the coaches' minds. And so we met preseason and he said, he said, guys, Coach Logan said, guys, we're going to be pretty good this year. He's like, this is this is maybe the best team I've had since I've been coaching the program as a head coach. And he said, um, if we can get through and win two of these first four games, right? And we had Duke, South Carolina, um, West Virginia, and um, I guess Miami would have been the the first the first four. Um, and he and he said, if we can if we can win two of these first four games, I think we can have a really really good season, be bow eligible, all that good stuff. Um, and we just kind of looked at him like, coach, that's that's not the program that we're trying to leave behind here. We're seniors. We don't want to go into any game saying that we're OK losing like we want to win all four. And so that was the mindset we had. I think he was kind of a little bit blown away by that. But that's how we went into every game. And, you know, uh, Hurricane Floyd and, and all the different distractions that, that came along with that season. We went through and won those first four games. And uh, and, you know. ESPN came on campus and it was a big deal and, and um, you know, the flood happened and, and all these things were surrounding the program and, and put that spotlight on us. Then we played Army. We were able to beat them. We're 5-0. and oh, And in comes a Southern Miss team that we had just always been beaten up by. And, you know, whatever reason, we could just never get over that hump. They were they were the best in our conference at that time. And they always seemed to beat us, even though even when we were good. And we got in that game and got up 17 nothing, and And we all took a a, a breath of relief, you know, like, okay, we, we finally got them. And, you know, Coach Bowers and that team just did what they do. And they came back and they won that game and it just crushed us. It, it really did. But we realized that it wasn't about Southern Miss. It was about us and that we needed to complete this season to be the dream season that we wanted to be. And then we went on, uh, went on another nice little run. Uh, we stumbled again at the end of the year with that UAB game. But, um, for us, it was just it was worrying about us, focusing on us, not worrying about who's on our schedule and just showing up for every game, expecting to win. And that, that's the mentality that we had. And that's the mentality that this team should have because they're good enough to expect to win every time they play. Well, that's uh, 
a good recollection there and, and hopefully the pirates i think are planning to draw on you know let's be us and uh do what we do and take care of business uh going to temple temple is three at eight that record might be a little deceptive because they were within a big play from winning at houston uh just a few weeks ago and then they played uh cincinnati uh competitively in the last game at home in philadelphia and drawing on uh, past experience again this was after your career but the pirates went to temple with an unbeaten record in uh coach ruff's uh tenure and turnovers and a cold rainy day and temple pulled an upset knocked the pirates uh who were ranked at the time uh knocked east carolina off i want to say the score was 20 to 10 but you've got to Got to be ready for the circumstances. Like they say, you can't let uh, the loss to Houston beat you again. Yeah, the Temple has always been tough, and <clears throat> you know they 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 have that mantra, Temple tough, and and it's hard to run on them. It's hard to throw on them, and they just they're gritty. They're always around. Uh, they don't always have the best offensive scheme, um, but defensively, it's just they've always been that kind of team that they didn't give up a ton of points. Uh, this year has been a little bit different. Um, you know, they gave up 70 at, at, uh, at Central Florida. Um, you know, there's been some you – know, Houston obviously scored 43 on them. Uh, it's been – there's been some times where they haven't looked very good at all, especially to start the season. They had some bad losses. Um, and so it'll be interesting. And, and you know, I, I do think back to that game. Uh, I was, you know, obviously calling the game on the radio – where Coach Ruff took that team up there, and 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 you're right. It was just one of those hard-nosed games in the freezing rain where nothing seemed to go right for the Pirates, whether it was fumbles, interceptions. They'd get a drive going, and then it was stopped, and Temple would come up with a big play. And that's the type of team they are. They don't quit. There's no get, give up in them. And so you can expect, even though they're, you know, 3-8 and eight overall, 1-6 and six in the conference, not, not a whole lot to play for, that they're going to want to finish this season for their seniors. It'll be senior day for them. They're going to want to play hard. Um, and so you, you're going to expect a tough game. Uh, they they have played well as of late. I should say better as of late. But this is still a very beatable team. You know, they're, they're giving up 190 yards per game on the ground, which is something that I'm sure Keaton Mitchell is licking his lips thinking about. Uh, they're giving up 27 points uh, you know, to opponents. So there's, there's yards and points out there to be gained. Pirates just have to get back on track. Temple has a freshman quarterback, E.J. Warner, and his dad is Kurt Warner, who played uh, for the St. Louis Rams and won a Super Bowl. And the younger Warner had 486 yards passing November 12th at Houston. And so I know Coach uh, Houston and the Pirates are going to be very wary of this young man and, and trying not to let another quarterback have a big day. He's got the ability. Um, you know, he's 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 got a little bit of that gunslinger in him, maybe from from his dad's days and has thrown some interceptions. That's gotten him in trouble. Uh, Thirteen touchdowns to eleven interceptions. Uh, but when he's on, he's on. I mean, he's thrown for twenty five hundred yards this year, two hundred fifty yards per game. Uh, so he can get it done. You mentioned the huge game against Houston. I think he's gaining some confidence. I think he's he realizes a lot like with Holt Naylor's when you make good decisions, uh, good things going to happen. And so. Uh, for the Pirates, it's just it's just get pressure on him, right? Get pressure on him, force him into into in some of those mistakes he's made this season. Uh, but in terms of talent, uh, he's got that. You know, he's got about five, four or five receivers that all have you know 24, 25 passes or more, uh, with Barbone leading the way with with 59. So he's got some guys that can catch the football. 
Um, so he he's he's got the talent out there. He just needs to to make better decisions. Uh, the running back, uh, primary running back, Edward Sadie. Uh, he had South Florida. The Bulls are not the best team in the league by any means, but he had 265 yards and three touchdowns. And like you say, Temple tough. They'll they'll try to establish a running game with him. I would think. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging over four yards a carry. Uh, he can get it done. Uh, they've got a couple guys that like to hand the ball to, but he's the main guy. And, you know, 40% of his yards this season came in that game. And so uh, that was kind of a coming out party for him. So they they know what he can do. Um, and they're going to try to they're going to try to pound the ball on the Pirates. Although, uh, if it's if there's one place that Pirate defense has been good at all year long, it's been the run. It's been stopping the run. When teams have tried to run the ball on them, the Pirates have been very successful. Uh, it's the intermediate to deep passing game that beat the Pirates, and that's what that's what the Houston knew. That's what they saw on film, and that's what they did all game long. And so if I'm if I'm EJ Warner, you know, maybe I start out trying to establish a run, but I'm getting into that intermediate to deep, deep passing game and see if I can beat the Pirates over top. Kevin, uh, the senior class, you know, missed out on the opportunity to uh, add to their legacy with the program turnaround that they have been involved with on senior day. But the opportunity is at hand to assure a winning season. Yeah, uh, you six, you go in six and five, um, and you've you've had a, you know two straight losses. You know, the Cincinnati game that was a tough one. You're on the road, um, probably not picked to win it, but you could win it, uh, and you lose. And then you have the Houston game where just everything kind of falls apart. You know they're gonna they're gonna be hungry. They're gonna be upset. They're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna finish this season off the right way, uh, and so they'll go into this game. Uh, ready to play. There's no doubt in my mind they'll be prepared uh, for, for almost every game that, that Coach Houston has coached. You felt like the team was prepared. They haven't always played their best, but you felt like they were prepared. Last week was the first time I felt like maybe they weren't prepared, whether it was physically or mentally or both. Uh, so there's no way they repeat that. Uh, these seniors want to, want to. they're already bowl eligible. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe you maybe you let off the gas pedal a little bit when you become bowl eligible, um, and that's hurt them some. But, but now they know they want to finish this strong uh, you know, get get seven to eight wins if possible, uh, and look back on this season as as one of the better seasons in in recent pirate history. So I expect them to perform well. Kevin, let's talk about the Bonesville tradition. Kevin's keys to the game. Yeah, I mentioned it a little bit uh, earlier with EJ Warner. Um, he's he's that gunslinging quarterback that has all types of ability, but he's you know he's completing shy of sixty percent of his passes at at fifty eight point seven, and so. Uh, he, he just shows that he can get a little loose with the football. So you got to get pressure on him. You got to get pressure in his face, try to get him on the ground, try to force him to make some mistakes. So up front, they've got to play well. Uh, that's first and foremost. And then I'll take my second key and go into the secondary. Secondary just got obliterated last week. Um, you know, they've always tackled well, but they have not always uh, covered well. And uh, outside of Malik Fleming, who I think has had a pretty solid season, Everyone else back there in the coverage game has been lacking. And so uh, those guys have to step up. They've got to be where those receivers are, whether they're in zone or in man. They've got to find uh, either that area or that player and, and and be where they're supposed to be to make some plays. So pressure up front, um, certainly in the in the uh, in the in the pass rush game, playing much better on the back end, not giving up these big, um, you know, 20 plus yards completions and then on offense. We know what Keaton Mitchell's going to do. We we know that Temple's given up, you know, close to 200 yards rushing a game. Keaton Mitchell's going to have a good game. If he can stay healthy, uh, he'll be fine. I'm worried about the passing game. Get get that back on on track. Uh, Isaiah Winstead did not have a very good game. Uh, C.J. Johnson didn't do much. 
Uh, Ryan Jones didn't do much. I, I want to see this passing game get back going. So uh, obviously that starts with the run, but the passing game's got to be back in sync. I, I think we said on the radio 10 times uh, last Saturday, they're not in sync. They're not in sync. And so they've got to get back in sync and start throwing the football successfully and move the chains. Sounds good, Kevin. And we'll certainly look forward to seeing the, the Pirates hopefully assure a winning season on Saturday at Temple. And as always, enjoyed visiting with you on the Bonesville pregame podcast, and we'll look forward to doing it before the bowl game. Appreciate it, Al.